This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. Today I wanted to talk about being doers of the word and not just hearers only. Um, out of James one twenty two, And let me read a little bit of this to you out of scripture. It says in James one twenty two, it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. And then it says something very interesting. It says, Deceiving yourself. It says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, um, this one uh, will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, um, it says this one, religion is useless. And then it goes into the famous scripture, a pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself spotless from the world. Now, there's a big scripture uh, that I wanted to break down a little bit. But I think out there, many times, there's so many people that, like the scripture's talking about, are deceiving themselves. And um, they're just being hearers of the word, but not just a doer. And it talks about when you look into this mirror, it's, they reference it to as if you were to look into a mirror and then immediately go away and forget what you look like. And there's so many people that look into scripture, they go into a Sunday service, they go to camp, they go to a youth group, they go to um, a revival meeting, whatever it is, they hear great podcasts, they hear a great uh, YouTube video, and then all of a sudden they get fired up for God and they immediately go away, go back to um, thinking uh, the way that they used to. And they're really just um, a hearer of the word, but not just an, a doer. And I, I'm reminded of what Paul said when he was preaching. He said uh, the word was preached to them as well as to them, but to them it was to no effect because it wasn't mixed with their faith. And so what does that mean? I'm, I'm talking about the scripture that is powerful isn't just the scripture that you read, but the scripture that you make your own. You know, we're called not to just... Um, learn about scripture, but put it into practice. A lot of the the parables and stuff that Jesus was talking about was showing us that um, we could be uh, the hands and feet of of God, that we are literally, Jesus was the prototype of what we should be like. And a lot of people, they want to go in and, and they look in this mirror and then they forget what they look like. You know, scripture is used often as a reference as a mirror. What does that mean? It means that when you look into scripture, you should see who God says you are, right? A lot of people use scripture as a club to, you know, beat people over the head to get them to change. But literally, what happens is scripture, when you look at it, you see Jesus, right? And so you see who he was and and what he did, and, and that should make you see yourself and how God sees you, which ultimately should get you to change. Um, a lot of times we use repent and uh, repentance, and we think it's this come down and fall at the altars and cry before God, and that can be um, a byproduct of what repentance is, but true repentance, if you look it up in Scripture, is a changing of the mind. And so every time you hear 
uh, Jesus or anybody talk about repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's literally talking about change the way that you you thought. I used to thought think this way, but now I think this way, right? Repentance should be happening every day of your life, and that should be uh, looking in scripture and changing your lifestyle by the way you think about it. Um, you need to repent and see God in a new way. Uh, maybe you're not getting the results that you want in life based off of the way that you even view God. And so I want to challenge you guys today to be um, not just a, a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Um, if you look in Psalms, it says something very interesting. Psalms 138 and 2, it says, I will worship towards your holy temple and I will praise your name um, for your loving kindness and your truth. And it says right here, for you have magnified your word above all your name. What does that mean? David's talking here and, and says that you have magnified um, your word even above your name of who you are. The word of God is more powerful than anything. And if you have uh, something in scripture, it's not just um, you know good stories. It's not just anything like that. It's literally a verbal contract, um, written contract that, that God has said it. So he wrote it down and that's a promise for you today. And it says that God is not like a man that he should lie. So if God were to lie, literally the universe would come unraveled. And that's because the whole universe, every fiber and being is held together by the word of God. That's because he spoke it into existence. There's power behind his word because he's God. And if he was to start lying, there wouldn't be power in what he says anymore. And so you need to look at some of this. And that's why it's so important to be a doer of the word because there's power in the word. Um, what happens is when we realize this power in the word um, and what it is, you know, the devil always tries to come in there and come against the word. You know, in the garden, he said, did God really say, right? And um, he did the same thing with uh, Jesus when he was tempted and, and tried to get him to doubt who God said he was, right? If you really are the son of God um, and, and tempted him just like that. The same thing today the devil is trying to get you and I to literally doubt what the word says we are, right? We're the head and not the tail, that our God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory, that um, by my stripes you were healed. And then the devil comes in and tries to get us to doubt all that. Well, it, it can't really mean this because I'm seeing these results. You cannot judge the word of God by the results that you're seeing. You need to let the word of God transform your results instead of viewing the word of God through your results and through your life and what you've seen. The word of God is greater than anything. And it's actually the greater reality if you think about it. The supernatural is more real than the natural. We just can't comprehend it because we're living in the natural. And so literally, the supernatural spoke the natural into existence. And so the greater reality is the things that are unseen. Now today we need to realize that. We need to look in a scripture. And if we were created in the image of God, we need to start calling those things that be not as though they were. We need to call 
healing forth on our bodies when we see sickness. We need to call the blessings of Abraham onto our life when we see lack. We need to call on salvation when we feel lost. We need to call out on the name of Jesus when we're broken. You see all this stuff here, and it's literally the Word of God isn't just um, a list of good ideas, but literally um, a written contract for us on how to succeed in life. Um, God is really wanting us to be in this commission with him, right? So the devil comes in and tries to put sin on us, tries to put guilt on us. That's so that we don't want to dig into the word of God. We don't want to get closer to God. Um, you see um, Adam and Eve in the garden and uh, the very first sin, you know, the ate of the fruit. And every day before that, they were walking and talking with God in the cool of the day. And sin came in. And right then, everything changed. And you see Adam and Eve then um, hiding in the back 40, right? And so literally, sin will make you want to run and hide because you're ashamed. It brings condemnation. The Holy Spirit will get in your life and bring conviction but sin will get on your life and bring condemnation. Say, well, you're not good enough to pray for anybody. You're not um, good enough for the blessing. You're not good enough for healing. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. And then you find yourself hiding from church. I don't want to go today. I've got to fix myself up. I, I just I don't want to pray and spend time with God today. I'm afraid of what he'll say. And so the devil keeps trying to bring this sin consciousness on top of us when Christ has redeemed you and forgiven your sins. It says that he will remember them no more, and yet every single day we're reminding God of our sins, right? Um, so we see that God's trying to do this commission and actually get something done. He's trying to have us be doers of the word and not just hearers only. If you look in uh, Mark 16, 19 through 20, it says, And so then, after the Lord has spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord was working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. An action. He's confirming the word with an action, right? With do something. But we see here that um, after Jesus was taken up into heaven, he sat down at the right hand of God. So you see here that God wanting to do something in life created spoke, gave man, Adam and Eve, dominion, and then we screwed it up through sin. So God, after giving dominion to Adam and Eve, came down in the form of a man because he gave man dominion. And then he did everything that he needed to do. And then what did he do? He sat down at the right hand. But what did he say before he was um, going up into heaven? It says in John sixteen fourteen through 15, it says, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So we see here that everything that the Father has was Jesus. And then we see him declaring, Jesus declaring this to his disciples and saying that the Holy Spirit is coming and he's going to take of what is mine, which was all things, and declare it to you. Declare it to the believers. And he says in uh, John 16, 
uh, 23 through 24, jump forward, it says, And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask in the Father's name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. We jump into Mark and we see Mark 16, 15 through 18. And it says, And he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now this isn't a suggestion, this is a commandment. And it says, He who believes and is baptized will be, will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. And we see beforehand, it says, in my name, um, this is what the Father is going to give you. But until then, you've asked nothing in my name. And it says here, in my name, they will t cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. They will take up servants. They will drink anything deadly, and it will by no means hurt them. Um, they will take, or they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, this isn't just... Um, Hey, if you've got time, do this. This was a command. He was sending them out. He said, I'm not going to send you alone. I'm going to send the helper. But you've asked nothing in my name until now. But then he's giving them power and he's saying, in my name, this is what you're going to do. And it's the qualifications we sometimes think, well, that's just for the apostles. That was just for prophets. That was just for the disciples. That was just for the pastors. That's just for evangelists. But it, the qualifications, it says, these signs will follow those who believe. The qualifications for what we just went through, what do you believe? Remember, be doers of the word and not just hearers only. It's the word that is preached and you apply to your life. It's not just about, I hear this, it's good. If you never put it into practice, you'll never receive a miracle. You'll never see the breakthrough of God. You know, Peter could have believed he could walk on water, but when he saw the miracles, when he stepped out of the boat, right? You can believe in healing, but until you go lay hands on the sick, you will never see them recover, right? This is a promise of God. And the qualifications for all of this is these signs will follow those who believe. Are you a believer today or not? You know, we've got so many people that want to see it first and then believe it. The signs follow the believers. The believers don't follow the signs. And we have a whole um, generation of people that want to see it first to believe it. And you will never see first because that's not how it works. The signs follow the believers. But you're going to have to step out. You're going to have to lay hands on the sick. You're going to have to call those things that be not as though they are. You're going to have to be bold with your faith. You're going to have to be a doer of the word. We've got so many Christians that just want to be here. Just tell me the right information of God. Preach a good message so I can feel good about myself and go do nothing. This is the time to stand up and be bold as a church, to go forth. It says in John 14, um, 16 through 18, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot receive him, because they neither see him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. We remember that literally it said that Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. So we see God doing his part, creating heaven and earth, creating man, and the man screwing up. And God gave dominion over to man. So God came down 
in the form of a man, Jesus Christ. And, you know, he worked for seven days in the beginning in the garden. And then on the seventh day, he rested and said, it is good. He did what he needed to do, right? On the eighth and ninth day, he didn't go back to work. The same thing with Jesus. He was on the cross. And what did he say? It is finished. I did what I came to do, right? And then we see him sitting down at the right hand of the Father. We see that all through Scripture. But the part that we need to grasp our mind around is this part here in John 14. I will not leave you orphans, for I will come to you. And so we see this relay race of God um, doing his part, then handing it off to Jesus, then Jesus sitting down and handing it off to the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit moving in us have a job to do. It's our part to do now. We can't be lazy. We can't sit down. And it's not like God's lazy and sitting down now. Jesus is lazy. No, it's God moving through us now. On your own, you are nothing without Christ. But with Christ, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we need to realize that we have been empowered to do this. I'm going to end with this scripture here. It says in Matthew 10, 1, and it says in he... And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. And here it goes. And to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. We have been given power now through the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Instead of begging God to do what he already did, instead of begging God something that he commanded you to do, it's time that we look at Scripture And we're not just hearers of it, but we're doers of the word. That we go in with power and we move in might. And so when we see scriptures like this, we can't try to get God to do something that he said in his word for you to do because he has put his word above his own name. And so if he's put his name or his word over his own name and he said in his word, For you to do something, I'm not going to leave you orphans. Everything that the Father has, I'm going to give to you now. The Holy Spirit, I'm not going to leave you orphans. He's going to be within you, and you're going to move now in power. And I'm giving you um, dominion again over all sickness, over all disease. I've commanded you to go and cast out demons. I've commanded you to lay hands on the sick. We find it weird, and we even get angry at God when He doesn't step in, right? Oh God, I've been begging you and screaming out for you to do this when God has commanded you to do it. And he's empowered you. He's God living on the inside of you. So I don't want you to get goofy with this and think, well, now it's all up to me. It's up to you to do something, but it's the power of God living on the inside of you waiting to come through you. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to just be sitting inside you. He wants to be moving through you. And as the church today, it is so powerful that we get this revelation because we have a whole 90% of the church are just hearers of the word and not doers of the word. And so we have a powerless church that wonders why nothing is getting done out there. And they're getting angry at God for doing for not doing what he commanded you to do. So I wanted to challenge you today to read the Bible. Know who you are in Christ. It's time to be bold. 
It's time to be courageous and it's time to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Thank you for listening. And this is called Truth and Power because it's about hearing the truth in the word and then moving forth in power. Be blessed and have a great day. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.